Hello and welcome to episode 59 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm the, I'm the bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can Are you though? Well, <laughs> I had to I had to have a quick look in the mirror and the fucking thing broke. <laughs> <laughs> you find me on Twitter at Andrew LP. Join me once again is the glorious, magnificent and gorgeous League Freak whose mirror never breaks. And you can find him on uh, Twitter at League Freak. How are you today, sexy? I'm good. I look in my mirror and it just winks back at me. It's like, you keep it up, sunshine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really good. I actually have busted out the eyeliner for this episode because it's a special one. I tell you what, I got off to a to a, to a sort of start that's most befitting this episode. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be a good one. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Soon as I heard what was happening, I was like, oh, and it was funny because everyone on Twitter was like, oh. <laughs> they immediately told us, oh, look at this, look at this. We're going, yeah, we saw it. There's an yeah. episode coming. Don't you worry. So, yes, people, today we're going to be talking about T-Baz, Trent Barrett. Yes. <laughs> the biggest yeah. kiss fan in rugby league. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I'll read a bit of the article here from Fox Sports. Mm. It's basically, um, it was it was broke, I guess, yesterday. And uh, the most feared journalist in rugby league, Buzz Rothfield. Terrifying. Um, you know, spoke more about it last night on NRL 360. So, here it is. Trent Barrett believes he's entitled to a lot of the credit for the Manly Seagulls rising up the ladder under Des Hasler. Manly have gone from 15th under Barrett last season to on the verge of an unlikely premiership tilt in 2019, and the former mentor is proud of the strides the team made under his guidance. They're not guided by him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to end up analysing this quote by quote, so let's go with the first one. We might, yeah, okay. I'd actually like to think I left them well-educated. <laughs> I think I educated them well. Maybe he should have coached them instead, hey? Yeah, he really taught them how to lose. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. A lot of education going on. He sat them down and he was t- trying to tell them how much it cost to buy 17 shares from Bunnings at 450 each. Yeah, how much this will cost? Um, how you claim it back at tax? Yeah. That's the sort of shit he was teaching them. It's an expense. <laughs> it's a work-related expense. Keep the receipts. Yeah. And if you're smart, like me, tap the temple, you know, sell them on sell them on eBay for five bucks and make fifty cents profit. You come out in front. Exactly. Oh. And then what you do is you win your way out of the club, but you hold out for your entire contract, even though you want to leave. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, yeah, very, it works well. I mean, um. A few of the boys I got there, like Ciro, were coming out of reserve grade. It's worth noting, Curtis Sirinan went through a horror period of injuries while at the Tigers during mm-hmm. his last bit of last few years. Um, he was also being completely, you know, Jason Taylor screwed him around a fair bit with his development, where mm-hmm. people don't people often forget this. Looking at Curtis Sirinan, he came into grade as a halfback because yeah, that's what and, he played oh- his juniors as. But the other thing is too, and, and you pointed this out earlier this year, the the development of Curtis Sirinan this year has been outstanding. Yeah. 
Like before this year, you couldn't look at him and say, oh, well, look how he's going. You know, he sort of was just holding on to a place. In fact, I think that under Barrett, you could have literally said, what is this guy doing in first grade? But it's been this year that he's, I mean, he's come on in leaps and bounds. It's been fantastic to watch. And it was not thanks to Trent Barrett. It was thanks to Des Hasler simplifying the duties that Sirenen had. Because yeah. for too long, Sirenen was, I mean, he, you look at the size of his body. I mean, he's a huge, huge human. He's built like his old man. Mm. But he was always a half. He was a bowl player. He's kind of more of a Wade Graham type player, but he ran more sideways than direct. And the Tigers, when they had him, they should have said, right, we're going to move you to 5'8 for the first season you're in first grade, transition you into the centres so you still get to do a bit of ball playing but learn how to run lines, and then we're going to move you to the back row because that's where you should be. That's just, you know, your body's evolving to become a back row. There's no faulting that. Mm -hmm. And never happened. And so Des Hasler's got a hold of him this year and just said, right, we're going to simplify your game. Don't worry about passing or trying to do anything tricky with your ball playing. Just run straight lines and tackle whatever runs at you. I know it sounds obvious, but when you've got a player who's played in played as a playmaker, their mindset is going to always have that thing in the back of their head of, I need to create something. Yeah, so they're always going to be looking out to their sides to, what can I see, what can I make happen out for everyone else? Exactly. I mean, just, look at uh, yeah. Bryce Cartwright. That's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. He still thinks of himself as a half. Because every yeah. time you see Cartwright running, he's looking either side, he's running sideways more than forward. Mm. that's where Sirenum was. And yeah, so and it's why... like, I mean, Hasler has just basically stood him in front of a mirror and said, look how big you are. Stop looking to give the ball to everyone else. Grab it, tuck it under your arm, and run at people. And it's it's been fantastic. Like, seriously, if he keeps going this in this direction and he keeps improving, he's going to start being talked about as a fringe New South Wales player. Like, that's how be. well he's playing. Yeah, he will be. Um, so, yeah, uh, pretty confident when I say this, that Trent Barrett had zero to do with anything about Curtis Sirenen's development. 100%. Oh, and also, by the way, it's Sirenen's boy. Like, as soon as he worked it out, he was going to be good. You know, yeah. it's not like he's found some dude, oh, who's this guy? It's like, it's Paul Sirenen's son, and he's yeah. a giant. I think he'll be good at rugby league, hey? Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to click eventually. Yeah. So a lot of people used to death ride Sirenen an awful lot, saying, no, he's just a shit player. Somewhere. And I just went, no, he's just he's stuck between two vastly different roles, and he's still trying to learn one. Mm. And that's all it was. He's finally figured it out. Um, only way's up for him now. He's going to be brilliant from here on in. I've got no doubt about that. I really enjoy watching him play, hey? Yeah. Yeah, he's good. He's starting to develop his old man's fend as well. Yeah. Oh man, if he if he keeps going, he's going to be so scary. He is, especially if he starts playing like Gareth Ellis and gets out there on the wing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, next line from T Baz. No one else wanted Moses Sully. He'd been punted by the Tigers and the Bulldogs. Yeah, that happened in the space of about three or four weeks because he kept sleeping in his fucking car at training. Yeah, in his comfortable car, yeah. It's like, uh, and, and has who got the best out of his whole career again? Des yeah. Hasler. Yeah, and why? Sully yeah. said he was just eating shit food all the time. Mm. Note the word was, and who was it that fixed that? 
It was Des Hasler who sends proper meals to his fucking door. He sent him like 7,000 bucks worth of light and easy every week. That's how he turned it around. Yeah. Now, um, he then says, Tommy Turbo had only played five games when I started. It was actually nine, not, but that's yeah. just, you know, slim pickings there. It's also worth noting, Trebojevic was in his debut season when Trent Barrett got there and was 18 years old. What was he expecting him to have done? I can't believe an 18-year-old superstar teenage player improved. That's yeah. incredible. How often does that happen? Exactly. And I can't believe a teenage superstar in their debut year had only played five games or nine games. Yeah. What? Yeah. It just it makes no sense. Like, then, how could he take? Like, how could anybody take credit? This is a family, right? The older brother is an Origin player. Tommy is an Origin player. They've got a younger brother who, trust me, is going to be, at the very least, a very, very good first grader. This is a whole family of very, very good footballers, and it's all thanks to Trent Barrett. Yeah. Like, are they his illegitimate children or something? Well, only Tommy is, because he doesn't mention Jake. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then there's the kicker. I really love seeing all these guys kick on this year. And it makes you realise, well, that's right. It makes you realise, too, that this is the point where Trent Barrett's trying to change that perception of himself as being that whingy, whiny prick that used to be at Manly. Yeah. Who winched his way out of a first-grade job. Like, he actually made a broke club sit down and be like, man, could we just scrape together the money to get rid of this cunt? Um, it's like he said, I've got to change this perception of being a whinging bastard. I need to look good. And why? Well, Phil Rothfield tells us why. Remember, he's a sleuth. Journalist. You prepare yourself for this. Sit down. Put some seatbelts on your ears because they're going for a hell of a ride right now. Okay, my body is ready. Phil Rothfield, who broke the story, believes Barrett is positioning himself for a job opportunity. No. All he needs to find is a gullible enough journalist to write this shit for him, hey? <laughs> uh, see, this is why we can't be journalists. No. I no. never would have come to that conclusion. Yeah, I, I'm shocked that Trent Barrett is saying all of this stuff to try and PR his way into another job, especially after one of the worst jobs that I can remember in recent times in the NRL just got given to somebody else, and Trent Barrett's name never once was mentioned in the running for it. Exactly. Um, Buzz went on to say, I just rang Baz for his thoughts on Manly. Just randomly. Just as you do. You know, just I, as you I do. Just ring up Trent Barrett. Yeah. And how far he thinks they can go, and he did take a lot of credit for them. He said, I educate a lot of these players. I bought Fanua Blake there. I bought Moses Sully there. He brought Siren there when he was in reserve grade at the West Tigers. He got Joel Thompson there from St. George. Now, what do you think the most feared, the most feared journalist in rugby league, feared, most feared, yeah. Yeah. sort of says that he's got big balls and a big spine and he's not, he's not afraid to stick with his yeah. opinion. 
He's so he likes his opinion so much he nods the entire time he tells you anyway. Yeah. He doesn't even know he's nodding, it's just what he does. <laughs> <laughs> um Buzz says, he's got a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad there was lots of pushback there from Buzz, hey. He yeah. just yields to anyone he speaks to. And yeah. immediately pushes their wheelbarrow. Yeah. Trent Barrett's yeah. on the phone, you bashing him about how good a coach he is. And Buzz is like, he's one reaction. He's like, yeah, he's got a fair point. He had a role in the recruitment, but so did a yeah. lot of other people there. Buzz is looking for a job now as an assistant or a first-grade coach, and there are a few people around the NRL in shaky positions at the moment. I think he's put a bit of an advertisement out there. You don't say. I wonder who put that advertisement out there on his behalf. Yeah. Mm. Let's have a guess, shall we? Yeah. Now, here's the classic line. Yeah. Okay. We've got Trent Barrett. We know he's this one here, okay? Now, we're going to compare him to the next person that Buzz mentions. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see how this goes. He left Manly much better off than Wayne Bennett left the Newcastle Knights in 2014. <laughs> if you're in a situation where you've got to choose as your next head coach between Trent Barrett and Wayne Bennett, which way will you lean? But not only that, it's like he, he left the club in a, in a better position than maybe one of the worst, most catastrophic, almost killed the club positions ever in the history of the game. Like, if that's your marker for success, that's why you're sitting on the sideline watching the game with the rest of us. You eyeline-wearing dope. (laughs) Left the game better off and Wayne Bennett left the Knights. It's almost like they're saying that Wayne Bennett is the sole reason why the Knights were in that mess when he left. Yeah. And something tells me, correct me if I'm wrong, that that wasn't the case. The person who hadn't been paying the coach, Wayne Bennett, also played quite a significant role in that club turning to rubbish in that period of time. Am I wrong? Yeah, exactly. And and I've said this many times. If you're a rugby league player or a coach or an administrator or you work in the game, as soon as that first check doesn't arrive in your account, you drop everything and you stop working. Like, fuck these clubs and fuck these owners that don't pay you on time. There's no excuse for it. Exactly right. Now, here's another line by... Is this is this written by staff writer? <laughs> it is. It's written by staff writer. There you go. Staff writer. Um, so actually really prolific writer, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's done a lot of work. Yeah, um, so the staff writer then says, Barrett's protest about poor facilities last year. We all remember the chairs. Yeah. But check this out. I love the link here. Okay. Led to the announcement of a new $36 million Centre of Excellence Academy at Brookvale. <laughs> <laughs> Manly's looked around. They've looked around and they've gone, why are all these garden chairs here? Maybe we should do something about the stadium. Let's get $36 million pumped into this thing. And Barry's like, oh, I've been saying that all along. Yeah. I, I love the idea that Trent Barrett's whinging nonstop about the facilities and a bunch of politicians are like, you know what, he has a point. Let's give him $30 million. Like, I'm pretty sure they, I'm pretty sure all of that stuff did not line up whatsoever. Of course it didn't. 
<laughs> Barrett was ultimately sacked before he could reap the rewards. Oh, But he has no doubt he made the right decision. There are definitely no regrets, Barrett said. I knew we had a good team there. He just couldn't get them to win. The only problem with that team was the coach. Yeah, Manly it's almost... With, I was going to say, Manly, with all of their shit administration and shit garden chairs everywhere, could still see that Barrett was the biggest problem they had. Yeah, it's almost as though, right, Trent acknowledges that they had a, a good team, okay? Now, let's just take him on his opinion. So, what was the problem? What has changed since then and now? They got rid of you, Trent Barrett. You were the problem. Exactly right. In 2017, we were sitting in the same position in fifth place. Yes. At what point of the season? Trent, you idiot. Yeah. Furthermore, you took over from Jeff Tuvey, who'd won 58% of his games as coach. 58. Mm-hmm. Only because he had one bad season due to a horror run of injuries in the first half of the year, merely came home with a wet sail and very nearly made the finals. And he got sacked because of that slightly poor season. You came in and they did make the finals the first year they were there. You were there. They made the finals the second year around. They were up as high as fifth. They got even up to third at one stage. Finished sixth. Lost in the first week to the Panthers. The following year they ran second last. So You had a record. Uh, and I'm taking this from Rugby League Project, the only website you need for Rugby League statistics. He coached 73 matches. He only had 29 wins and he had 44 losses. And that only gives him a win percentage of 39.7%. And he thinks he deserves another shot. Just to put that into perspective for people, I think Stephen Kearney is currently at about 35.5%. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, he did that at Manly. At Manly. He didn't do that at the Warriors. He didn't do it at the at the Paramount Eels. He did it at the freaking Manly Seagulls. With the squad they had. Yeah. He then says... Today. Basically yeah. what they've got today. Exactly. You know, there's been no big recruitment drive. No, because they were hampered by a salary cap issue. Ugh. Remember? And how their, their yeah. cap was, was, was handicapped. Right. They're handicapped is... now, aren't they? Yeah. 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 It's the same thing he was dealing with. Then last year was a write-off with the off with all the off-field shit, but that happens. Yeah, a lot of that off-field shit was because of you, Trent. Remember you're whinging about bringing in your own furniture and your own chairs and whinging about everything? That's a big problem what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like he gets the job as the Manly Seagulls coach. Congratulations. It's a job that's beyond him, right? It's a job that he should probably he should have thanked his lucky stars to get that job. He goes into the job and then he starts whinging about all the stuff he doesn't have at his disposal. And it's like, that's the job, Trent. Your job is to coach the team. Your job Which... isn't to wistfully look into the distance and say, man, if only I had this, 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 we'd be winning everything. It's like, coach, what's in front of you, you fucking idiot? Furthermore, if all of those things that they were missing was a problem, why did you accept the job in the first place? Did you not yeah. go to the facilities? Did he not realise that there was a lack of chairs 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Speaking of chairs. Yes. He then said, I've been sitting back enjoying watching them and they're a real dark horse. So he's still got them then. <laughs> he's still got the chairs. He took them all home with him. Yeah. They're all stacked up together and he sits on them like he's in Game of Thrones up on this big big chair castle. Giant chair castle. <laughs> if they can keep going, who knows how far they'll go. Canberra are a bit the same. They can upset anyone on their day. Canberra's been in the top four all year. I don't think they, they're the team who you say can upset one. Yeah, who who are they upsetting again? Like, they're, they're near the top of the ladder. Although yeah. he's probably... Never been that high up the ladder, so you wouldn't know about it. So, Barrett holds no grudges and generally wants to see the team and his former players thrive under new coach Hasler. I'm really happy for them, Barrett said. I certainly haven't been death riding them. No one brought that up, Trent. No one brought <laughs> up. Are you death riding them? Just you. I'm still close to a lot of the boys and stay in touch with them. If they can stay healthy for another six weeks, they could do anything. They'll stay healthy because they're on a proper diet now. That's the one thing we do know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That light and easy. It's good for you. It is. So, that's the T-Baz. That's fantastic. I think so, we both needed this to happen, hey? We both a, like so much nice happiness purge. has come from this. It was. So, um, now, we had a discussion about this, obviously, in one of the few times we've, you know, pre-discussed that episode, you know, the topic yeah. like this, we had to. Yeah. We thought, you know what, we could sit here and just be pricks about this the whole time. Mm. But to prove mm. that sometimes we're not, we've decided that we're going to try and help Trent Barrett get a new head coaching gig, or as you'd like to say, a new head job. Yeah, he needs a new head job, obviously. So we're going to just talk about how we can sell him as a head coach to another team. So, have you had a chance to have a think about this? I have. You've thought up with a, of a few pointers that can help him get another gig. I really have. I've I've worked very long and hard on this one. Alrighty. So, what have you got for us? <laughs> well, okay. My first point with Trent Barrett. Yeah. Okay. Number one, he's only young. He's forty-one years old. That's young for a coach. Okay. So that's pretty good. That's yes. something. That's a good one. He's got plenty. Yeah. He's got. He's probably got a good twenty to thirty years of coaching left in him. Exactly, one hundred percent. Number two, he knows what it looks like when things go bad. <laughs> <laughs> when, when things start going pear shaped, he knows exactly what that shit looks like. He can spot the signs early on. Yeah, yeah. He chairs, knows. Chairs start disappearing. Something's not yeah. right here. Exactly. When you start, you know looking around at the facilities and shit, and you need something better. He knows what that shit looks like. So there's that, okay? Yep. Number three, he just gets random phone calls from Buzz Rossfield. I mean, uh, how many how many people could say they get that? And that does help. It's good to have that very strong relationship with the media. Yeah, yeah. He's got links in with the media, yeah. and that's got to be a positive, and I don't cost- know. Well, they're constantly, the media's constantly whinging about not having access to clubs. So if he's going to give them that access, then yeah. it could lead to good news stories coming out of Manly, so long as, or, you know, whatever club he goes to, so long as, obviously, they don't shit themselves and lose all the time. And when the most feared journalist in rugby league calls you 
You're the man. That's right. That is very right. Uh, what am I up to? I'm up to number four, I think. Yep. Point four. Okay, point four. The chicks love Trent Barrett, hey? Yeah, like, this should be point number one. It maybe should have been. You know, because you know what? We can criticise his ability till the bloody cows come home. But one thing we can't criticise is his looks. Yeah, I, I've known quite man, a few it? females that you talk about Trent Barrett as a coach and they agree with you. And then they, they'll, they'll like, once you break them down a little bit, talk a little bit more about it, they'll be honest and they'll be like, yeah, but I just want his fat dick. <laughs> and it's like, so you've not been objective at all. And they're like, nah, nah, I want some of that eyeline fat dick. So... <laughs> He's a beautiful man. Yeah. All right. Well, I could have left to that beautiful man, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. number four. <laughs> <laughs> well, why would I have done that? Number four. I five. don't know. Yeah. I don't did know. That one, did I, that one come to you pre-sleep or post-sleep? I, I'm not. I'm not called League Vanilla. All right. I'm called League Freak. Give me a break. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> number five is that. Uh, um, We're struggling with his eyeliner is on point. His <laughs> eyeliner is on point. Okay, yes. now this is some, this isn't easy to do. And, and number six, he he got slapped by Nathan Brown and he kept his cool, which I got to say I wouldn't have done. I would have beat the fuck out of Nathan Brown if he'd slapped me. Well, that's true. Maybe he likes yeah. that. Maybe he's into it. Maybe he's like, <laughs> maybe he got slapped and he's like, oh, I think it moved. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is taking a bit of a dark twist. So that's all I've got. Have you got anything else you can add to a possible Trent Barrett comeback? Um, I've I've put on my list here. He can speak English. Okay. And that yeah. Would, that would be an advantage when looking at potential jobs in places other than Australia, like England, and that's probably it. Yeah, could uh, coach in France, though. So. Yeah, possibly could. Actually, you'd probably do better there if they can't understand him. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, that, shit. That could work. Um, yeah. He has played rugby league before. That tends to be pretty good for when it comes to understanding how to coach the game. Yeah, yeah. He's been there on the field, done a lot of that. Yeah, he has coached the team to the finals once. Yeah. He did do that once. That's not insignificant either. No, no. So that needs to be mentioned. So he's got a little bit of success there. Um, yeah. And his, his win percentage is better than Stephen Kearney, who is currently coaching in the NRL. So if Kearney can get a gig, then surely Barrett can get something somewhere. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Just say yeah. you take Barrett straight there tomorrow to the New Zealand Warriors. Yeah. How much improvement are you expecting out of the Warriors? Given the win percentage of Kearney and Barrett, I'd say about 4% improvement. <laughs> I think that's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> like, a little bit of improvement, but nothing that really you got to write home about. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a bit more because they've got a, they've actually got a stadium there and not just a bunch of fold-out chairs from Bunnings on a hill. Yeah, that would be handy, Kay. That, that probably helps. Yeah. Plus, they've got all of probably... them to do their training in and stuff like that. So, that'd be improved training services. So, you know, maybe he'd do 6 or 7% better. I wonder if he'd start complaining about the cold weather. Wow, that's a given, isn't it? Yeah, you'd think so. 
Although he did, he did come from the Riverina. It did get quite frosty out there in the winters, but maybe he'd be yeah. able to handle it. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I reckon he probably could. I do see too. He's got a little bit of salt and pepper going on with the hair on the sides. Yeah, and I think if he lets it go full Silver Fox, mate, he'd be on magazines everywhere. How weird would he look if he just like in six months' time he's completely silver? Like he does a the same transformation Phil Gould did a few years back, where he just goes grey immediately. Well, I was thinking more Corey Parker. Corey Parker is. I haven't seen Corey Parker for a while. Is he doing the same thing? Is he? Is it all yeah. going grey on him? It's 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 heading that way pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. But the face still looks young. Yeah. And so I think I think T Baz is going that way. Okay. Um, the other thing they could do too is he could get himself a gig in the media, mm-hmm. and that's always helpful for trying to get a bit of um, propaganda about how good your team is and try and push him. You know, push him in that area there. Well, you think about how many coaches there are in the media, or, or and I say coaches very loosely in terms of like, I mean, I saw Jeff Tuvey on TV last night, and I think he's a very good coach. Um, Anthony Griffin's in the media. I think he does radio. But then you've also got the likes of Kevin Walters. You've got uh, Mal Meninga, Laurie Daly, like, I mean, Brad Fittler. Everyone's in the media. Yep. I'm glad so we're he... not part of the media, hey? Yeah, yeah, geez, it'd be a... Would it, would it have been an improvement to the media or would we impact it in a bad way? Talking <laughs> I about feel like coaches' get... dicks and stuff. <laughs> I feel like we'd have some executive coming in going, listen, just few notes uh the line about the fat dick yeah we're not real comfortable with that that's it's what stay she... it, damn it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like you keep it or we walk yeah everything else you can delete the fat dick stays yeah hence why you said it twice exactly <laughs> exactly so yeah that's uh so now that we've we've found out the trip bad does have some upside to him yeah um which club do we sell him to? Where would he go yeah. to improve a team? Which team could he help out? Okay, let's have a think. Um, well, man. the first thing I'd do is I'd look yeah. at the of a competition ladder somewhere. Yeah. Think, right, that's your starting point because they can't get any worse. That's, they're as low as they can get. Yeah. So the oh, first it's... club I thought of I'd like to see him at would be West Wales Raiders. <laughs> would he improve them though well, would he just get there and be like oh, I don't know about this it feels like you haven't got world class facilities and I need to buy some chairs and where are all the weights and you know I need a 30 million dollar facility to be built before I can even start this job let's look look now's the time to go there okay because yeah. they have not conceded even 80 points in a game this year. Last year, they conceded over 100 points several times. Yeah. But they're, they're doing so much better this up. year. And last weekend, yeah. sorry, two weekends ago, their last game, um, they had their first ever win against Coventry. And they that was a big one. It was 44-18. to 18 for the, uh, Sorry, 44-16 for their first ever win. Yeah, they smashed them. They're on the up. Yeah. Um, their current coach is, is an Australian called Kim Williams. Mm-hmm. Um don't know much about him, but no. surely T-Bass could come in there. It's third division. He could be captain coach. Yeah, he could just, uh, he probably could. Eh? He's 41. 
He could definitely run around still. Absolutely. Just think I'm of the impact honest. you have on that club there in third division. He could he could put them to premiership contenders in, in one year as captain coach. Imagine the plays he could develop, like all of those plays that like a Tommy Trebojevic of Wales. Um, can you imagine? It's probably the only place you could go where the last name could actually be worse than Trebojevic, actually. Um, but, yeah, he could just bring all the, the superstars along in Wales and, you know, make them better, get them a new $30 million facility. That's all on his back. And then it's all up and up from there. Absolutely. And look, that, um, that team too that West Rails has, it's very yeah. unique in England because it's the only team in England at the moment in professional, semi-professional and amateur that doesn't have a single player with the first name Jordan. Wow. Well, that's yeah. very unique. Because they're they're all Jordans. Oh, we should just start calling all the English players Jordan, eh? That could work. And they've got yeah. a forty-four man squad that they've used this year, not one Jordan. Holy shit! Yeah, they've gone through forty-four players. Yeah, yeah, they have. <laughs> That's pretty impressive, actually. I would have thought there was that many bloody rugby league players in Wales. Forty-four of them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they've they've conceded. A pretty hefty 827 points in 16 games this year, which does does sound very bad, obviously. It sounds bad, but when you look into it, yeah. Well, when you look into how it was last year, last mm. year after their, I think it was 26 games they had there, they conceded 2,100 points. And at the same time, right, it sounds like a lot, I know. But when you actually watch the games... Wasn't that bad? Well, <laughs> <laughs> when you let me two thousand one hundred games points in a, in a season, um, yeah. So the the team that comes second last was Hamill Stags. They had two wins all year, and they were both against West Wales Raiders. Hamill Stags had they considered twelve hundred points, had a points differential of minus nine hundred and seventy two. Where you know. West Wales were worst because their yeah. points differential was minus 1,930. Fuck. <laughs> it oh, was almost 1,000 points worse than minus 972. They, uh, watching them defend must have been like watching 13 Jared Crockers across the field. Just no idea what they're doing. It's, to make matters worse, the RFL, utter pricks. Yeah. They pinged them two competition points in two games. For fielding an yeah. ineligible player. So they ended the season with no wins and minus four premiership points. Holy shit, that's hilarious. And that right there is your worst performance by a team in any competition ever. It's got to be, all right? Like, I mean, if anybody knows of a worst performance in any competition, get in touch with us because that is bloody impressive, quite honestly. Exactly. Like a it's, proper uh, premiership season, though. It's, it can't be like, oh, you know, there was this four-game series. It's got to be like 20-plus games where you're worse than that. We would like to hear from anybody. Because it'd have to be some, like, Serbian fourth division or something like that. Or just even some Australian Bush League thing. Yeah, yeah. Like the Northwest Australian, you know, C-grade or something. <laughs> 
That, that would be interesting to see just if there's anyone out there that's got a worse record than that. But I reckon they'd be hard-pressed. So I think twice last year, West Wales conceded over 140 points in a game. That's and one other, one other team they did lead it, one other time they led in 120. I think York scored 260 points against them in two games. Yeah, York. York's, York's on the way up, though. York is heading to Super League. Big hello to Gav of York. <laughs> Gav. He's been a follower of mine for a number of years. Good He's taken places. G'day, Gav. So, now that we've, uh, we've had a bit of fun with Trent Barrett, is there any other topics that we need to, to get out of the way? Have we had any comments or any emails or anything like that at all? Well, says, as always... As always, when it comes to emails, I don't check them beforehand because that would be preparation. So yeah, let me have. We are opposed to preparation here. Yeah. Because we know you people do not want that. No, no. You, that, in you fact, we've had emails saying, please don't prepare anything before you do the podcast um, because yeah. that would be disappointing and like professional. Off kilter banter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they also like the way that we fill in time. While I let my email load up too, um, yeah, nothing, nothing, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you should have had a drum roll. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. Actually, we had one from Samuel Bayless on Saturday. Oh, okay. So let's let's answer his question today. Let's let's do that. We've got plenty of time here. Yeah. So he said, "Hi guys, Hi. I'd love to see a combined Pacific Islander team." And he put in brackets: Tonga, PNG, Fiji. Take on New Zealand, Australia, and Great Britain. Do you think this could ever happen? Or has this happened before? Or would this set the Pacific nations back? Thanks, guys. What do you reckon? The only time we've had a game along those lines was in the 80s, mid-80s. And I think it was, I can't remember the year, 1985-ish. And it was Northern Hemisphere played Southern Hemisphere. Uh, It might have been like... um, Northern Hemisphere versus Oceania or something like that. It might have been dubbed. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure... I think Oceania might have got up. It was pretty close, though, because there was rules in there about how many players could be picked from each country. So it couldn't they couldn't just roll out an Australia-New Zealand team. It had to have players from P&G in it as well. Okay. Um, and it was only from Test Nations. So it was Great Britain and... France versus, you know, essentially versus Australia, New Zealand, and Papua New Guinea. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I actually didn't mind it as a concept. I kind of hoped that they would have had it done it a bit more often. Yeah, it'd Just, be interesting to see that happen now, hey? Yeah. But the other thing that would be interesting to see is more games between, you know, say Australia or New Zealand against the rest of the world sides. And just mix yeah, it up I, a bit. So instead of saying, okay, you can have five Aussies in there saying, no, no, no. Maximum of two players from each country. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. I was actually thinking about those rest of the world teams. I don't know. I mean, I feel as though those games fall a little bit flat because you're kind of playing, um, you know, a team that, does it, like, who's who's really supporting the rest of the, rest of the world team? It's You kind of would be supporting the players in it. Yeah. Um, I think that the Pacific Nations now, though, they're, they're strong enough to stand on their own two feet, whereas I think if you go back, say, 15 years, you could have had a good case for something like like that, a combined team. Fully agree, Just, fully agree. Yes, whereas now, I mean, 
when Australia plays Tonga, it's not an easy game. Like they, Australia have to be on, otherwise they'll lose. Um, we've seen New Zealand, like they can flat out just lose to Tonga. So yeah. I think that these days they sort of just stand on their own two feet. But I think that, like, I wouldn't be opposed to something along the lines of, say New Zealand wants to play some sort of origin series, you might have something where you could have, like, uh, say, a Maori team taking on a, a Polynesian team or a Melanesian team or something like that. Uh, something along those lines might be interesting, but I, I just think that, as it stands, they, they kind of stand on their own two feet now, and I've got no problems with... I mean, if Australia played Samoa, Australia should win pretty comfortably, but I think Samoa doesn't disgrace themselves like they might have had the potential to do, say, 20 years ago or something like that. I'd like to see Australia playing the Pacific Nations every year, all of them. Yeah. BG, PNG, Tonga, Samoa, New Zealand. Play them all once every year. Yeah, and they, um, look, they're starting to do that. The, we've got the Oceania. They actually released the draw for the Oceania Cup. Yep. And we were talking about this last night. You can get the draw. I'll actually put the link in the show description. I put the draw for it on my site. So uh, should we go through the draw? It's not very long. Yeah, go for it. That's what she said. So it starts <laughs> off. On basically, and what you've got to remember is the Oceania Cup is mixed in here with the Great Britain Tour. So on the 25th of October this year, we're going to have at Wynn Stadium. That's a Friday. We've got the the Australian Gillaroos versus the Kiwi Ferns. And then after that match is the Australian Kangaroos versus the New Zealand Kiwis test match. So that'll be a pretty pretty good night of footy. And then the next day which is a Saturday, October 26th at Waikato Stadium. Tonga plays Great Britain, which is going to be a really good game. I'm looking forward to that one. And then the following weekend on November the 2nd at Eden Park, we have a triple header, which is kind of interesting. We've got Samoa taking on Fiji and then Australia taking on Tonga. And the night finishes with New Zealand taking on Great Britain. And then on November 9th, at Orange Theory Stadium, which I believe is in PNG, we've got Papua New Guinea taking on Fiji and then New Zealand taking on Great Britain. Actually, that might be in New Zealand. Hey, Orange Theory Stadium. I've never heard of that. Let's no, neither that have I. Yeah, let's look that sucker up. Orange Theory. Orange Theory Stadium. It's in Christchurch. Amy Stadium. Wow. Oh, the old AMI Stadium? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wasn't that used, didn't that used to be called Rugby League Park? I believe so. Rugby League. It was, I feel like it used to be called Rugby League. Former names. Addington. Am- no, Christchurch yeah, Stadium. Park. It doesn't have it on former names when you look it up on Google, though. But, yeah, uh, that's... Because- if you go into the, the Wikipedia page, it says... Rugby League Park sustained significant damage during the uh, Christchurch earthquake in 2011 and was closed until 2012. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so that's where that is. So it's not. It's in New Zealand. All right, Christchurch Stadium. Um, so, yeah, PNG versus Fiji, New Zealand versus Great Britain. And then the last match that we have is uh, 
in, at PNG Football Stadium. That's on November 16th, and that's PNG versus Great Britain. So it'll be an interesting, an interesting series. It's good to see Australia will play New Zealand and Tonga. Um, Tonga gets game against Great Britain. That's good to see PNG, uh, Fiji playing some games, Samoa playing game. So th- there are games starting to be played, which is fantastic. Um, it's just so a shame yeah. we won't get to see a um, an Ashes series between Australia and Great Britain again. See, I, d- I don't need one. I don't need uh, one. I know how that's going to work out. Well, so do I, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it. See, I would much rather see even just one-off games where Tonga plays Great Britain and Papua New Guinea plays Great Britain and seeing another test series where we kick the ever-loving shit out of Great Britain. Are you telling me you don't like seeing Great Britain losing to Australia? I, I enjoy it immensely. Well, we could, get, we could just see it get... three times. That'll give us give us three, three, um, three episodes where we can have a good laugh. It gets so repetitive, though. It's yeah, like, well... oh, again, we've got to beat you guys again. And it's the same shit. You hear the palms, they're like, oh, we're not intimidated by Australia. They don't have some aura. We're not even thinking about that. And it's like you're the only ones talking about it. And then they come into the series and they try and get a crooked ref and they try and bend the rules and shit like that. And we always flog them. We smash them. We smash them in England. We smash them in Australia. None of these British players were born the last time Great Britain won a test series. They're hopeless. Yeah, let's get them back down here. Let's kick their ass for three tests and send them back home. We can have it so we can play it in like, if only we could play in winter so that we'll play in 23 degrees temperatures and they could have quarter breaks because they're too hot and they need some water. I think we, we should have the Ashes series and then play play the first test in Port Moresby. Do we have a, uh, <laughs> do we have a result? By the way, do we have a result in the first Ashes cricket test? Do we have a result on that yet? Yeah, Australia won the first Ashes test. We won! Yeah, yes. won by 251 runs. When was the last time England won a significant cricket game? Would have been like the World Cup semi-finals? Oh, they, they beat Ireland in the test match a couple of weeks ago. Oh, there you go. Oh, I missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they call it. That's what they call a possibles versus probables test, I hear. That's right. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you actually know what year it was that the the Great Britain side last won the Ashes series in, in rugby league? Was it, and this is just off the top of my head, was it 1972 or three? 1970. There you go. 73-74 was drawn, but Australia's won every series since 74. There you go. Suck on that, Great Britain. Yeah. Maybe we should allow it to have Australia plays all of northern, all of the northern hemisphere. Yeah, they could. Uh, that would be good because then, then Great Britain could get some halves from like France. That would be fantastic. They'd be able to get some centers from France as well. That's right. And a fullback. A fullback as well. Yep. Yeah. That'd be fantastic for them. Uh-huh. Pick up a. Or hooker as well, maybe couple got, forward. Got got some good wingers in France too. Yeah, let's just play France. <laughs> let's just play France. That's right. Get it over and done with. I I honestly believe if France gets going, they will beat Australia in a series before Great Britain ever does. And I've said that for a long time now. It's probably why Great Britain refuses to play France. <laughs> 
Fear. Probably. Probably. It is a whole train ride over. A long journey. It's almost yeah. as long as that journey from Penrith to Parramatta. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kilometres. You don't know Sydney traffic, man. I live there. I knew the traffic. But it's worse now. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like ripping on city people. How dare you? You and live in fucking Victoria. That's exactly right. You don't know the pain I go through. <laughs> <laughs> pain oh, about man. the distance from parents to Parramatta. Come live in Melbourne. Yeah. Anyway. Of course, we, we say you live in Victoria. We're obviously here in the one facility in a studio. We're just in, like, different parts of the studio. Yeah, it's, it's one very, very long studio. I'm just in the Victorian half of the studio. Yeah. <laughs> you should see the corridor. Damn. Yeah. Goes up through Aubrey, through the yeah. mountains. Up. Uh, Mrs. Canberra goes through Yass. Yeah, uh, don't go through Canberra. Goulburn. <laughs> There's not much in Goulburn other than a ram. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Goes up, uh, hits There's Exodus, because you've got, you got to have Maccas outside the door. Exactly, and get some good jam at Exeter. Yeah. No, nah, Barama. You think of the Barama? Yeah. Yeah. Get some jam at Barama. Hit Exeter, and then uh, try and avoid Campbelltown as well. Exactly. exactly. Not that there's anything it. wrong with Campbelltown, but fuck, what a dump. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's that's been a pretty thorough episode there. Yeah, we've um, done well. We should chuck in a few shout-outs. Well, first of all, the starting block dropped a K. How good are they? They are, without a question of doubt, phenomenal. The best. Educational. They're more educational than Trent Barrett was to the Manly players. They probably had more of an impact on the seasons he was there too. Exactly. <laughs> and they didn't complain about the chairs either. Yeah, exactly. They probably complained about the holes in the walls. Maybe. Mm. Who else are uh, we shouting out today? Um, well, there's leaguefreak.com. We've got to always, yeah. always give that a shout out. Um I'm writing some, again, by the way, people. So take a look at some of the stuff I'm writing. He is. He's been writing an awful lot of stuff recently. Um, he'll even have a piece that he's going to write soon about HIA, which is going to go up there. Well, that's you wrote it. How dare oh, that, you? Oh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put that's that right. up uh, about about five or six o'clock tonight, that HIA piece by uh, rugby league historian and statistician, <laughs> super guru, Andrew Ferguson. And now interviewer, because it was from our interview with um, Dr. Alan Pierce. And yes. that was still one of our greatest episodes. You, you want to you learn something. We, we, we taught people stuff in that episode. And there was no mucking around there. That was all serious. And that was a bloody brilliant uh, interview, that one. So get into the archives and check that one out. That's fantastic, mm-hmm. that episode, that one. Love that episode, yeah. Um, uh, we've got shout-outs to Nadine, Arabella, yes. Bartram 13, Richard Cranium. We've started giving them jobs. So Nadine's yeah. now our CEO. Yeah. This, this needs to be known. She is the boss. She controls the content, and she approves all of the language. Yep. Everyone really goes past thoroughly that. approves it. Like, if anything, we get notes from her saying, can you just spice it up a little bit more? I need more. Yeah. 
Was was it her who approved the term um, fat dick twice? Yeah. Okay. In fact, I, I was reading straight off of her show notes from the last episode. She okay. was like, I need more fat dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, leave that one out there for, uh, for Nadine to comment on. Um, yep. our, legal, our legal team, who's just Arabella. Arabella, um, yeah. You, you might be busy again. Yeah, once again. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, blame Nadine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all Nadine's fault. And uh, yeah, we've got uh, Richard Cranium, who's our—he's uh, our regular um, handicapper. He goes around just punching people in knees with with crowbars and tire irons and stuff like that if they don't agree with how great our show is. It's fantastic. He loves uh, he does, violence. He does. He's 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 a he's a he's a violent but lovely human. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I know we talk about him in a violent way. And he inflicts a lot of pain on people. But once you get to know him... He does it in a very caring manner, though. He does it because yeah. he cares. Yeah. Um, we've also got Caster Brummer over there. He's our uh, chief of propaganda over there in Switzerland. Yeah. He's, He's spreading uh, the word of us uh, worldwide. Got our bank accounts all sorted out, too. Yes. No tax. Nice. Uh, who else have we got there? Bartram 13. We've got to give him a gig. Yeah. We'll have to work something out. Yeah, what could we get him to do? I mean, at the moment, he's kind of a brain trust for us. Yeah, pretty much. He's come up with some good he's ideas consult. and some good questions. He's consultant. A, he's a consult. Yeah. Yeah, he can be our consultant. That's a good one. Yeah. So we've got a, we've got a fair old crew assembled here. Yeah. Um, always happy to add more staff. Yep. It's uh, always good. We've got. We've only got. Was it two or three that are left sitting in the cages there in, in your uh, laundry? Oh, shit. I haven't fed them for a week. That'll be right. They got water? Uh, I'll have to check. Can they do Bear grills type feedings of one another? <laughs> They're fine. That, They're that fine. guy gets dropped off anywhere. He's like the, the helicopter flies away and he's got like... Right, I've got to start drinking my piss immediately. <laughs> That's right. You just he, he know must that love the that taste whole, of it. That whole helicopter ride, he's just yeah. chowing down curry and piss so he can either give himself a catheter or drink his own urine. Yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty much it. He's a one-trick pony. Yeah. People still tune in for it. Always be wary of the person that says to survive, you got to drink your piss. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's a bit worrying. And... Um, our guard dog, resident guard dog, um, Mason, who is on high alert right now. I just heard him in the background. I, I swear he was growling at a postman. Is that correct? Pretty much. He's, uh, yeah, he, he just snored his way through the whole episode. Our most, most passionate um, listener. Yeah, pretty much. Very lively. <laughs> Very lovely, bud. So uh, thanks to all of you for tuning in and, and being being regs with the show. Um, get some more people involved. That'd be awesome. Uh, get in touch. Send us an email, podcast at leaguefreak.com. Ask us anything. Tell us stuff. Um, praise us. Anything else I should send us in the email? Nudes. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sending you any more, though. Okay, yeah. And... All right, one more. And uh, <laughs> get in touch with us on, on uh, Twitter. You've got at League Freak, at Andrew RLP, and at Fergo Freak Pod. Follow all of them. 
give us all a bit of a few comments and you can chat to us there all the all time we're up from you know freaky gets up at about 6 a.m and i usually go to bed about 4 a.m so you know we're, we're up all day and and retweet and share the fuck out of the episodes because we see we see big bumps when you do that like you you have a a literal immediate effect every time you retweet something we see it we see the numbers bump up we're like oh what's going on the numbers are huge and then we go and have a look and it's like oh everyone's retweeting it that's why it's fantastic absolutely and uh also make sure you check out our youtube channel uh we do live shows on there weekly now it seems um yeah we're gonna start making more content for it too which would be fun yeah so you've got any ideas for content let us know and one question we did raise on the, the last episode, which we'll raise again because no one picked up on it, I think, was do you think we should have intro music to each episode? Yeah. And Let if so, know. what should it be? Mm. Okay, we're going to make it sound like we're giving you some sort of authority and, and creative control here. We're not, but we just mm-hmm. want to create something to talk about. We don't really care what you think, but still, we're going we're, through the motions like we do. Yeah, we're like a rugby league club in that sense. Like you know, you're our customers, but you, you're how do I explain it? You're shit to us. <laughs> that's too far. No, nah, yeah, I, I, I love our listeners. Yeah, yeah our listeners I just are awesome. don't like my Twitter followers. That's all. Yeah, you, for some reason you you've 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 managed to compile a list of people who don't like you to follow you. Yeah, that's very unique. Yeah, it was it was, took some skill. Let me tell you. <laughs> that takes a lot of work. Um, and maybe there's a lesson there for everyone, to all those people out there who are obsessed with trying to get Twitter followers. Yeah. Don't try and get people to like you. Get people to hate you. That seems to work better. It really, really does, let me tell you. Very successful. Very successful. All righty, well, that's uh, that's another stunning episode wrapped up. Hope you enjoyed mm-hmm. the, uh, the Barrett chat and mm-hmm. whatever we did in the last 20 minutes or so. And um, we'll catch you on the live show later on this week. We might even do another podcast before then. Who knows? Keep tuning. That's how you'll find out. Exactly. Goodbye, Australia. <laughs>